Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this episode number 32 of the Audio Podcast. As always, you're with the Auto Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you this morning, my brother? Shit. You shit? Yes. Oh, and why is that? Well, I want to start by talking about your family's attempt on my life. <laughs> is that... I didn't realise I was doing this podcast with AOC. I... <laughs> I... I wonder if it was premeditated. So mm. basically, I've been bedridden for almost four days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't get, I don't get colds. Mm-hmm. But I made the mistake of visiting patient zero, also known as... Nate, mm-hmm. Mon Cannell, uh, last week when he was, was he homesick as well for, like he wasn't going to daycare he, he Well, it wasn't a daycare day because he came down last Thursday. Thursday, yeah. So we did end up keeping him home one day that week anyway because he was sick, yes. So after that <laughs> moment, um, I was fine Saturday, Sunday, sore throat, Monday, Tuesday, could barely move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday, just completely congested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, fatigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, today is now Saturday, and mm-hmm. I'm only ch- like I'm still not over. You can probably still hear it in my voice. Yeah. Um, it was a biological attack. <laughs> it was. Uh, it it was unlike anything I've experienced. That severity. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, I used to get. I think when I've been run down, I, I you know in the, in the past like overly stressed or something. Yeah. When you get hit with cold, you got hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But I think because I have not been sick for so long, it was the worst case of man flu I've ever had. <laughs> I was absolutely battered. And how long were you at the house for? Oh, was it thirty five minutes? Yeah, like less than. An I think hour. I touched him twice. Yeah. Like a high five. Yeah. <laughs> and and super aids. Yeah. I got super aids. Scurvy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, look, it, it's, it's, it's been pretty intense and, um, to the point that, uh, so normally daycare says if they've just got like a runny nose, as long as it's clear, just keep sending them to daycare because every, every kid goes through it. They all get the sicknesses. They, you know, you have to build the immune system up. Um, and again, like I've talked about it multiple times cause I got sick too. Amanda got sick as well from him. Um, but the daycare centre had actually sent out a notice saying that if your kid had those symptoms, to actually keep them home, because whatever it is has swept through that entire centre, including taking out a lot of the uh, the childcare workers too, who are used to these, you know, being exposed biological to these attacks. Uh, biological attacks. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. So I think it's probably time that we start thinking about lockdowns and um, potentially well, it, it, experimental vaccines. It shut down my business. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I did nothing last week. Yep. I, was, I was done. I was, I, I feel it was an early one. And it was, it was, it was definitely an early one. But what I, uh, on a positive note, I did finish season eight of Homeland, the mm. final season of Homeland. Mm-hmm. And I, have you watched it? No, because like... It's on Home, Netflix. Homeland was one of those shows where we started watching it together back in the day and then you got a few episodes ahead, so I just dropped off. So I've only ever watched the first season and then a little bit of season two. Oh, it is... Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure out of the eight seasons, there was one that was crap, mm-hmm. but seven from eight, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Okay. The writing, the, the the sets, the acting, Mandy Patinkin and, and Claire Danes. <laughs> that, that's one of the names, that's one of the best names in Hollywood, Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin plays a great character. Claire Danes is an absolute beast in it. Um, I can highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. For anyone who doesn't know, Mandy Patinkin is a boy, by the way. 
He's an old man, yeah. He's a, he's a bloke. Yeah. What else did he do? Um, he, did, he was big in something before. Homeland, I mean, he. I think he's been in every season of Homeland. Yeah, that was definitely his biggest thing. Has he been in one of those other, like, CSI or something like maybe, that? Maybe, maybe. One of those sorts of shows? Well, everyone's been on Law and Order, haven't they? Dun, dun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that, that was the one highlight, but, yeah, I've been wrecked. Yeah. I've been wrecked. And this, this is what I don't understand. this sickness is particularly heinous? I was, yeah, I was talking to a friend who's, who's uh, he's had, he's got a kid as mm-hmm. well. And I was saying, how does this little prick give me something? Like, I've seen the world. I've toxified my body countless times. Like, mm. I, I've, I've, I've been around, you know? Yeah. I've lived on this planet for 34 years and I've touched things that you're not supposed to touch. I've ingested things you're not supposed to ingest. Mm-hmm. And then this this little guy comes in, not... How old is he? 18 months old? No, 14 months old? <laughs> Come on, bro. Uncle, he's 13 months old. Oh, whatever. He's one. He's one. He's one of the bit. He's one. Um, and creates some new biological attack. Mm. How does that work? It's just pathogens that you're not exposed to. Because, like... Because I was the same. Like, being in retail for so long, I ne- I rarely got sick. I-, I might get sick once a year, and if I got sick, it was three to four days, and then you'd get over it and just be a little cold or something like that. Um, and this is... You know, you're going through flu season where, like, customers would literally walk in, sneeze into their hands, and then shake your hand to greet you afterwards. Mm. Um, and this was before the days of, of COVID, so there was no hand sanitizer everywhere. Like, there was no... You know, if people were like Glenn Twentying their desks back in the day, you, you thought they were half OCD, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I really got sick, but it was because I guess I was so used to being exposed to all of those adult viral yeah. pathogens. Whereas, yeah, like, because again, I've never been around children until I had one. So now I'm getting anything he gets, I get smashed by it it's every time. insane. But I am noticing my immune system's building too because the first couple of times he got sick and I got sick too, it was taking me two or three weeks to get over it. And then there was that one point where I was sick for like two months straight. Yeah. Whereas this time I got sick probably last Friday was where it really bedded in for me, mm. but I'm good now. Yeah, so that was just a re- reaffirmation for me that, it, kids aren't for me. The little disease pockets. Because you can't handle them. No, you shouldn't have to. It's insane. <laughs> oh, it's amazing having a kid. Yeah, you're going to have super aids. Yeah, that's right. He'll, when, I'm, when I'm old and frail, he'll be looking after me. I'll have robots looking after me. Yeah, you might do, actually. Yeah, and they won't make you sick. They probably will, though. They won't. No, they might cut you and give you tetanus. No. No, no, no. Anyway. Anyway. So... Last week we spoke about your DEXA scan. DEXA scan. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of people. I don't know if they commented on YouTube, but I know had some people had called me mm. to predict the results. Yeah. And um, people, what I noticed, people that have had DEXAs before, they knew the metrics and yeah. were very close. Yeah. And they yeah. could tell just by like the shape of your body. So a mate of mine just called me and he's like, "Jason will be this." And you'll be that. Mm. And he was within one yeah. on both. So What what um, probably... There was, there was two main things that made me underestimate what my body fat percentage was. Number one was pure arrogance. Yeah. But number two was before I went and got the scan, I um, I googled some like pictures of like what you can expect a body to look like at different body fat percentages. And I compared myself to the pictures. And I was like, oh, I'm probably around the one that's like early to mid-20s. 
So that sort of threw me off as well. Well, Tasha showed me that image as well. Mm. She showed me four different images, and why I didn't use uh, use it is because out of the four different images with the four different scales, they all looked completely different. Right. So I was like, I can't, I can't make a judgment. Yeah. Or off that judgment, I look like forty percent body fat. Right. Is what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my prediction was that I was going to be more than more than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bit hard to be more than you when you were so much higher than what, than what <laughs> you thought you were going to be. Yeah. I am an overachiever. Obviously, and an overeater by the mm-hmm. looks of it too. So, um, I went and got mine done. Mm-hmm. Now we have had some debate on like the my my test or my scan. They put me under different conditions to you. Yeah. Okay. So so my my ones asked me to fast prior. So no water, no coffee. Yeah. And apparently, this particular office is known. They did the study to show the benefits of doing the scan without food working out or water prior. Yeah. Whereas my one just told me to eat normally. And so I had had water, coffee, I'd oats. And one of the difficulties with a kid, and I think this is why a lot of fathers get that dad bod thing, is probably every second day where I'll make myself breakfast and I'll make Nate breakfast at the same time, and Nate has three bites and then just doesn't want any more. And now I don't want to waste food, so I end up eating his. So that was one of those mornings as well, too. Maybe you should take some of your son's uh, attitude towards food. He's yeah. full after three bites and just moves on. Yeah, I'll, I, ha- I have to learn some of these things, for sure. Obviously. Absolutely. So I went in on Monday morning. Nine o'clock was probably not a good... Like, that was a long time to go without water. The coffee thing I couldn't do without, that's yeah, fine. But, yeah. but the no water, I was a bit... Like, I was desperate for a glass of water. Because on the audio podcast, we obviously let everyone know about how important it is to drink yeah, water first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. Yep. First thing in the morning. So, um, and also, the, the the time in the scanner was very different. Mm. Like, I, I reckon I was in the scanner for five minutes. Yeah, we, we really, like, we've compared, not only results, but we've compared experiences. So, mm. what, can you remember the company that was... Oh, yeah. That you went through? Physique science. Physique science. So I went through QScan, and I've got to say, from comparing just the experiences between the two, I'm not real happy with the level of service that I received at QScan. And um, there was there was a slight price difference. Like mine was seventy five dollars, yours was ninety dollars. Mine was only ninety dollars because it was uh, like a consultation one where they do the scan and then actually go through the metrics. So my yeah. thing, I believe the next one I do is $75. Yeah. But so I was never offered a consultation, but mine was $75. But if I go and get another scan within the next 12 months, it's $55. So you would assume that the reason why there's the extra charge at the first one is because you get a consultation like what you well, where, where was yours? Uh, Q scan in Parkwood. Okay, so what do you, do you reckon the property price difference is different in Parkwood to Tenerife in, uh, in Brisbane? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but the level of service from a, a, a service shouldn't be any different. Yeah, you'd think so. You you'd know? think so. So, uh, so that was one of the differences. But um, even just some of the metrics that were on my scan, so one of them was the bone density thing. I... They So with bone density, they give you a thing called a T-score. Mm. And the T-score lets you know, are you in the normal range, are you above average, or are you maybe at risk of like having um, lower bone density. And mine was like, it's got a T-score section and it was just left blank. Now, I don't know if that meant I'm just normal or there was just no score. I'm assuming there was supposed to be a score in there. And they gave me a bone mineral density figure. Yeah. Uh, 
and I'm Googling all over the internet trying to find, okay, so how does that figure relate to T-scores? Could not find it on the internet. Well, I've got it on this. But he, ha- but you yeah. had it on, on your scan results. So it was only by actually viewing your results yeah. that I could compare my score, sorry, my, my bone mineral density grams per square inch to your graph to actually figure out what my T-score would have been. Yeah. And I scored like a, in a normal range. Speaking of T-virus, that's what I think I got off Nate. Yeah, probably. And if you haven't seen the Resident Evil... Um, movies, movies get you, on it. then you probably should because it's coming for you mm. okay so I thought we'll go through my results sure. so do you th- let, I think the best way to do this is is I'll read out the top like the title mm-hmm. you say what you were okay so and then I'll, I'll say one up yeah so yeah. Uh, you, you bring yours up yeah. um, shout out to um, physique science because Tasha went and did hers on Friday as well and I'll, I, I think I roughly remember some of her her um her results her results yeah so uh height height will start uh so height i was 185 so 183.2 <laughs> you short are yeah so i always knew Midget. there was a two centimeters difference that's Midget. fine so that's that's uh yeah. i have i have lost a centimeter though from my license because my license was 186 well my license is 185 right so i've lost more um weight so, total body mass, I was 102.9 kilos. Now, going into this, we definitely thought, because every time I weigh myself, I'm 105. Yeah. Okay, but my weight here was 101.7. Yeah. Which is less than you. Yeah. Less than. Mm-hmm. Okay. Age. <laughs> uh, 32.5 I got for age. Well, I actually scored, yeah, 34. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, should we... Should we just go... Well, what I'll... My, my main results are sort of a little bit more um, well put out. So maybe, do you want me to read them out and then you find them on your document? Yes, 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 yes. All right, so my, uh, so my lean mass was 64.010 kilos. Lean... So now, just for everyone at home, lean mass means not just muscle, but it's muscles, ligaments, tendons. So, sorry, your lean mass was... Was do you want me doing grams, grams or kilos? I uh, do grams, do grams. So sixty four thousand and ten grams. Well, that would be less than me, which is seventy thousand five hundred and ninety grams. Yeah. So. Which was not a so going into this definitely did not expect that um, no. that figure. No, I didn't expect that either. Uh, my fat mass total fat mass was thirty five thousand seven hundred and fifty grams. My fat mass. In grams was twenty nine thousand six fifty eight. Yep. Uh, bone mineral content. Yep. Was three thousand one hundred and eighty four grams. This is the one that I'm lower than you. Two thousand six hundred and twelve. Yeah, because you you've got a bitch ass skeleton. Which you don't you don't need a great skeleton when you've got as much muscle as I do. Well, like I said, I think your lean mass. Because I don't think it's muscle. I think it's primarily ligaments and tendons trying to hold your weak ass skeleton <laughs> together. Uh, so total body fat percentage was thirty four point seven percent. Twenty eight point eight percent. So just let that sink in for a moment, because we. So for a start, you thought your body fat percentage was going to be higher than me. I thought it was. Good. I thought it was going to be over thirty. Right. My just judging off some of those pictures mm-hmm. that I had seen, and I was kind of thinking that you would deluded number you thought. Mm. I thought you would be like 30, and I thought I was going to be like 32. Yeah, okay. Uh, but that's based on nothing. Obviously, we had no idea. 
No, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the um, people that had had these done before were bang on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like um, our our boy, good and loud out there, he was pretty much bang on what what he thought I was going to mm. do. Um, and we're we're body fat percentage twins. Uh, now this is one that so before before I go to my now when I get my next scan done, I'm going to find somewhere else to do it. I just found something interesting online. Oh yeah, just to that. The my weight on the scale is different to my total mass. Yeah, because you had clothes on. Yeah, but but then my weight is lo- my weight is lower than my total mass. Oh, that means your scan's wrong. So that means all, you all of your results are, are null and void. Yeah, so it's it's out by uh, by how much? A kilo. One so, kilo. So my weight shows one one hundred one But what I would say, I, they just stood me on scales to get that. Right. Whereas the scan, I, 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 if I had to, if I had to pick which one was the correct one, yeah, you'd, you'd go off the scan. I'd go off the scan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then again, you wear you wear clothes on the scan, as well. Yeah, but you would assume that the scan would would be able to differentiate between what's clothing and what's. You'd what's. like to think so. Uh, 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 on a side note. Uh, the image that it shows you on your scan <laughs> yeah, yeah. is disgusting. It's, it's not I, I literally said to the I said to the lady, I said, "Is that a, a stock image that's on there?" She goes, "No, no, that's you." I'm yeah. Like, ooh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll put it up on the camera just so uh, the people that are watching it on YouTube they can see it. Yeah. Look really close, and you can see the outline of his package as well. It's it's not nice. It's not nice. It's not nice. Now, so so the thing that I got out of it was, um, now in terms of my, in terms of my lean mass, I was actually bang on point where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, on on the handwritten copy that I was given, she'd written like the where I should be in terms mm-hmm. of like what the numbers should be. Yeah. The, I've got too much fat. Yep. Okay. So the fat, the fat, I definitely need to reduce. Yep. Um, she said, "Don't, don't look at the, um, the body fat percentage is not the right metric." She said, "It's a total amount of fat that you're holding." Yeah, yeah. Because if you well, it's actually both. She said, "The total mass and your lean mass; mm. those are the two figures you need to look at, not the ratio between the two. Mm-hmm. But you need to lower the fat one yeah. and raise the the lean one." Yeah, because it's how it's how obviously percentages work. Because if you if you uh, just, like the easiest way to lower your body fat percentage is to just lift really heavy weights and put on as much muscle as you can. And starve yourself. Well, no, because if you're, if you're building muscle, then the, if you, the more muscle you build, if your fat stays the same, your percentage of body ah, fat yes, will true. go down. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean you're any healthy and you haven't lost any body fat. You've, yeah. just, you've just built up muscle. Whereas if you also, if you go the other way and you just starve yourself... Yeah, okay, you'll lose body fat, but you're gonna lose muscle mass as well at the same time. So your percentage probably stays around about the same. Yeah. So I thought that was that was interesting to take away from because going into it, we thought that that um, body fat percentage was I I mm. don't me going into it, I thought that was the be all and end all. I thought yeah. that was the critical the critical um, Well it's obviously uh, an important metric to look at. Yeah. You know. But the big the big um, down one for me was the was the bone um, density. Yeah, because what was your... Um, my T-score is minus one. Yeah, so you're at increased risk of osteoporosis. No. So I'm on 
uh, I'm above just just above the line of increased. Well, I think you're just on it because a minus one would be just on it. So judging by the little the little arrow where where it is on and com compare the line, she said. It's nothing to worry about now as long as you do something about it. Yeah. And she thought the reason why it was low was probably because I've not lifted. Yeah. I haven't done weights for years. Yeah. Um, so And that was something else I didn't realise either. I, I just thought it might be like a calcium because I don't, I don't have a lot of dairy. So I thought it well, might be... Well, I think be... it's both. Like Because you, you, you would have a lower intake of calcium than I do. Because I do... I, again, I don't drink a lot of milk, but I'll occasionally drink milk. Um, I eat a lot of cheese as well, which is obviously got a lot of dairy in it, uh, a lot of calcium in it, sorry. So, well, this is what I was surprised because I was adamant that, so I thought it was potentially the partial vegan diet that I have because when Tasha makes me the bulk of my meals, I just eat vegan when I'm at home Yep. or, or, or if she makes me lunch at work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that she supplements. And then when I spoke to her, she's like, no, I don't. She, she does not supplement for calcium. Okay. Then when she did her test, she's at like, like, uh, she was just under you for... For bone density. Yeah. Bone density. So there's a... Um, 1.2... You're, no, you were 1.28. She was 1.218. Yeah. Yeah, I was 1. Point, no. No, 2.184 was me. I think she was 2.118. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is no, no. grams no, no. per no, square inch. 1.2. It, it, oh, so you're talking about T-score. I'm talking about... No, no, the, not the T-score. The, the, the body... Uh, the, the bone, bone mineral density. Mi mineral density. Yeah. Was was 1.28 something for you, and one and she was 1.218. I think I've got her results. Let me check. Because it won't go to... This doesn't go to 2. Well, mine did. I said 1.284 was mine. Yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, you said two point. No, no, no. Number four. One point two eight four. One point two eight four and one point two one eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not, it's not diet. Um, yeah, she was one point two one eight. Yeah. So it's not. It's. So I've got you on bone mineral density, Tasha. Yeah, that was the only thing she got uh, that you got or anyone got on it. Oh, I've also. If you talk about skeletal muscle index, I've smashed her on that too. Yeah, she's also. 50 kilos. Which, which, this is something that I find really interesting. Um, and this is why I'm a little bit concerned about the food that I ate in the morning. Because it was oats, and it was a decent amount, because I ate mine, and I ate Nate's, and it had a banana mash through it as well. Oh. And the reason why I'm a little bit concerned about it is because, so, uh, the skeletal muscle index is the score on how much muscle you have in your limbs, so your legs and your arms, relative to the amount of fat. Now, your skeletal muscle, muscle index score was... what? What's that one? This one? 2370? No, no. So, um... Oh, it's on this page. So, it'll give you a score. So, my skeletal muscle index was 9.56. I'm pretty sure yours is 9.46. I can't see that. I can't see that. Here, pass me a paperwork. I can't see that measurement. <clears throat> so, oh, going back to the going back to the calcium thing. So, I thought I thought it would be. Oh, it's this one here. Uh, appendage lean, lean. It's lean divided by height squared, which is kilograms per meter squared. So you scored a 9.46, mm. and I scored a 9.56. So what I find interesting is that 
out of our... So our weights are roughly the same. Mm. Our lean muscle or our lean mass is different by six kilos. Mm. So you've got six kilos more lean mass than I do. Mm -hmm. And yet I scored a higher score on the skeletal muscle index, which means apparently it's six kilos different in our trunks. Right. But couldn't, could, could that not just mean a different, the way, the way our bodies put together is different? Well, look, potentially, but I mean, like, I mean, it, it would, it would suggest that you've got more than six kilos different, like more than six kilos more lean mass as opposed to fat mass in your trunk than I do. So I just, I, I don't know. I just find it confusing because weights are about the same. I've got higher muscle to fat ratio in my arms and legs than you do. Mm -hmm. But, and yet I'm still six kilo or six and a half kilos behind you in lean mass compared to fat, which I just found that confusing. Yeah. So again, it could be about, it could be about makeups and stuff like that. But what I'm concerned about, cause my visceral fat mass, like my, my tummy fat was like two kilos or something. And I'm just concerned that maybe having that food in my stomach has potentially upped the, the, the fat score. And that could be dead wrong. It could be exactly right. And it could have differentiated for the oats, but I just found that a little bit confusing in that, you know, like. Yeah, the six the six kilo muscle difference is a big difference. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I know you would. And I know why you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know why you wouldn't believe it. So, um, so what, I, what I've done to change... Uh, so, I need to reduce the fat. Mm -hmm. The training stuff, I just need to maintain. I think that's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if we go back to... When did you start actually going to the gym? Start of the year. Yeah. So, so 2021 was time to thrive. That, yep. was the, that was the thing. So I started the first week mm -hmm. of 2021. Yeah. So, and like that, that in itself is going to solve a lot of problems. Number one, you're going to build more lean, lean muscle mass because it just happens when you lift weights. Number two, that is going to contribute to your bone density because a lot of people don't realize, but if you do weight training it actually increases the strength of your bones as well. Yeah, so that, that was the part that, that's the part that I, I didn't, I had no idea. I had mm. no idea. So after I did my test, my trainer was um, having having coffee mm. and he uh, we were talking about it and he got me to send the results and we went through sort of line by line mm -hmm. and he gave some really, really good insights and he was, he was actually, he was pretty happy with it, not happy with the visual fat. Mm. Um, but in terms of the bone mineral density, he's like, oh, we'll, we'll get, We'll get that. Yeah, up. you'll sort that out. Yeah, and I've, I've started supplementing calcium just mm -hmm. to just to help. He's like the 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 lady at the thing she recommended it as well. Mm -hmm. So get a calcium and vitamin D um, supplement. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm on that, and uh, he was like, "It's good that you you're going to supplement it because when we're doing these weights, you want to be able to give it something to use, mm. give it the fuel to use to yep. build that." Um, bone density so mm -hmm. we'll get the we'll get them rescored in three months time yeah I reckon we do the scans every three months yep because like obviously people do 12 week challenges and stuff like that I think three months is enough time if you change your habits to see real changes in, in your body composition um, and the biggest thing I love about this stuff is it's it's data it's black and white well it's as black and white as, as it can get um, 
I now one precursor I'm going to say my next scan that I go and get regardless of where I, I go and get it I'm going to fast before I get the scan as well because mm. to me it just makes sense like you, we're doing a body composition scan so why would I have anything else foreign inside my body that may may juggle the results so my next scan you, you might see a bigger difference between the two scans than there probably should be, which might just be the food difference. Yeah, but it won't matter because well. the, the, the next be, one after yeah, that. Yeah, that'll become my new baseline sure. and I'm going to do it that way sort yeah. of every single time. But what... what um, so then Tasha got hers on, on Friday. Yeah. And went and got her results. And she has 15% body fat. 15.2. 15.2. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, one, one thing that's really interesting about that is... So... Both men and women, you have a thing called essential body fat. So there's a percentage of body fat which is essential, which basically is used as the energy source to power certain functions in your body during the day. It's like respiratory, I think it's respiratory heartbeat and something else. Um, now, in men, the essential body fat percentage is somewhere between 2 and 5%. So if you go underneath that, you're it's completely unhealthy. You're doing the wrong thing because your body actually needs that essential fat sure. to survive. Women is higher. It's like, I think it's 12 to 15% is essential body fat. So she's got 15.2%. So she's literally bang on where where she should be as far as how much actual body fat she's holding. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, her, her, everything was good, basically. Mm. Everything was really, really good. Yeah. And what, um, the lady that took the test was a different lady to although we went to the same place, it was a different lady that I had. Mm-hmm. She kind of said something that she, uh, probably didn't put Tasha at ease as much as what it should, which right. was, were you trying to get these figures? Ha! <laughs> right, okay. So it makes me think that, like what you said about that 15 What Do you think that maybe there are ways that you can manipulate? No, 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 no. That, that if you were, you could be unhealthy and get those metrics. Right. Get some of those metrics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's not Tasha's case. Like, she works extremely hard. Yeah. She has. She's extremely... I um, think it's actually difficult to be unhealthy and get those scores. Because if you're unhealthy, you're not going to have the muscle mass. No, but maybe the, the um, body fat percentage you could have. But the thing is, the body fat percentage will be relative to how much muscle mass you've got. So if you're not putting in the work, you're not going to... You're, you're going to have less muscle mass, which means... Your, your body fat percentage will, will actually go up. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if in a woman you could potentially just have so little mass that you could have that 15% um, mass but be unhealthy. That was the, that was the vibe right. that I got from it. But Alex, the, it's 2021, mate. There's no biological difference between men <laughs> yeah, and women. Yeah, yeah. The, the scan there is. Yeah. So, um, but I kind of needed to bring her mentally to reality and say, well, no, you worked really hard for this. I, I also think too that the maybe the reason for a comment such as that is because her results would be probably an outlier when it comes to the regular people that have coming through there. Because in Australia, we do have an obesity epidemic. Yeah. So as far as body mass index goes, I think we're both just, just into the obese yeah. category. Um, and I never used to give BMI too much stock because I used to be fit and muscular back in the day. Obesity now, one. 
just into obesity. Yeah, because they, they do it out of, I think it's like 35 is the max, right? So it was No, like, this one goes to 45, obesity 3. Oh, really? And I scored like a... 30.5? 30.5. the same. And yeah. again, that, that, all that is is weight to height. Well, That's it was funny. When, when, uh, when she printed this out, the mm. first thing she did with the pen is crossed out that. She yeah, crossed out yeah. that whole section. She's like, don't use it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and yeah, because look, BMI, it is one of those things. It's literally just a weight to height ratio. Yeah. So you, if you are a short but ripped bodybuilder, your BMI is going to say that you're obese when you're not. So, yeah. um, but I think that, yeah, Tasha's results would be, you know, they're, they're optimal results. Yeah. And I don't think that any of these people doing scans are probably used to seeing optimal results. Uh, I think, because I mean, 60% of Australia is obese. So, yeah. you know, I would say that the vast majority of people who are getting scans are at least overweight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. perhaps, you know... Yeah, may, maybe, yeah, the amount... Yeah, she's an outlier. Yeah. That's, that's probably... I can actually... Point. I can remember a similar, a similar sort of disconcerting statement was um, when Nate was born because uh, essentially, I can't remember if we've, I've gone into it on this podcast before, but uh, my wife went through a pretty brutal... Uh, uh, childbirth um, experience, experience, uh, which which ended up resulting in an emergency cesarean section. Uh, so for any people with kids out there, it's because uh, there was a failure to progress. So you guys know what that means. Um, but I'll always remember the surgeon who pulled Nate out was like so surprised. They're like, "Wow, he's so big and healthy," and I was like, "Huh." And then she goes, well, normally when we're, when we're doing Caesars, we're pulling out blue kids, underweight kids, sure. all that sort of stuff. Um, so there was actually nothing wrong with Nate the entire time. Um, it was just a failure to be able to progress through to a, a natural childbirth. Um, so she was it, was, it sort of struck her because she's so used to pulling out kids that are compromised. Yeah, sure. Whereas Nate was the polar opposite. He yeah, was yeah, big, yeah. pink. Um, are they, they do this, I can't remember what the test is called, but they do a test when they first, uh, when the baby's first born. And I think you get a score out of 10 or whatever it is. And, and they, they test things like um, their colour, um, how much they move around, uh, if they're crying or not. Mm. Like, it, it's, it's a level of health when they first sure. come out. And I think he was like a 0.5 off the max score, which they're just not used to seeing in that scenario. Yeah. So Tash would be the same. They're yeah. probably just not used to seeing those sorts of results. So... I, I like the results of the tests um, because it definitely gives me some targets and some things. Yeah. And look, one of the things I had was a no-brainer. I knew I have too much fat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that. So yeah. that's definitely something I'm working on. Um, the bone mineral density, I had no idea. Mm. Um, it's not something I ever would have guessed. And if you don't know, you don't know. No, that's right. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, when you think of um, things like bone mineral density and osteoporosis, you normally think of older women. You know, yeah. like that's those are normally the groups that uh, nice how you said that. Like yeah, that, that, that typically a, would would potentially be at, attack. at increased risk of osteoporosis. But I yeah. mean, look, it can be a thirty-four year old male as well. It could be thirty-four year old male that has um, that. Ha- well, you need a stronger bone density because you haven't got the muscles to hold you up, and, and you got you're carrying a lot more fat. Yeah, see, I like because the other thing too is you're like a scaffold that has to be double the thickness because the people that are on it. Of that. But what is interesting too about like lean mass and stuff like that is that there's a Mine's difference, lean. Well, and there's a difference between lean mass and strength. Well, we've never tested that. Well, how many pull-ups can you do? Don't know. I haven't tried. Oh, I haven't tried, have you? I haven't tried. But you, you're only training for that specific test. Put in the comments what you think. Like we probably should do a fitness challenge. 
That's I, I think we probably that, should. That's what that's what we should do. Yeah. Um, because you know the stats are one thing, but ha- how do they relate into the real world? We don't know. We don't know. Well, I, I have noticed though. Um, so normally, when it comes to physical pursuits, mm. uh, you would quite willingly relegate yourself to second place because, as you've said before, you don't really put as much stock in them. So you've only just started training again recently. Yep. I played sports for a lot longer than you did, all those sorts of things. Yep. But I've noticed that you're emboldened by these test results. No, no, it's not, it's, it's not that at mm. all. It's more about how to relate the data mm. to real life. Yeah. Because like, like we said, we, the perceptions that we had mm. were completely flipped. Yeah. So now, like, what if, what if in reality, what if those things don't relate into the real world? That's what I want to know. It's not, mm. it's not for the, the reason yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. you think. Well, it's also good too, I think, because um, one, one of the things that I'm going to be doing, so let, let's talk about what we're doing from here instead of just going through the results because I think we've, we've probably gone through the results. We've done the results, but I also want people to put in the comment what you think that, what is the, the truest and fairest way to test the fitness difference between us. Well, I oh, suppose I could talk to them. I could talk to the yeah, trainer. Yeah, your trainer would probably know. If if I had to guess, I would say if you're looking for strength metrics, it would be how much you can deadlift. That's probably one of the most practical, real world applications of strength because we pick stuff up every day. Yep. Um, look, like you said, pull ups might be like I know that. In the army, for example, you need to be able to hit a certain amount of, it's like pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups to actually be able to um, get into the army because they look at them as fitness metrics. Um, But again, real-world application for pull-ups, probably not really there unless you're, you know, trying to save yourself from, Mm. I don't know. Like that, that's what my, my attitude is that you only need to do be able to do one pull up but when I say yeah. one I mean like a real one like, yeah a real one because for that it's, it's probably scenario. more so one muscle up rather than a pull up which is yeah, 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 yeah. pull up to push for down sure. to, to actually get sure. up something well, um, I'll, you put in your comments what you think is the, the fair thing because if you just say it's chin ups and then all you're doing is pull ups to, to, to train for it obviously you're going you're gonna to thrive in that so I want the truest and fairest way I'll talk to the trainer and see if he if, if, if he I had to pick one real world metric, it would be how much can you deadlift, because that's how much weight you can actually pick up. Yeah. In the real world. We'll put it in the comments. Write yeah. in the comments, um, and, and and I'll we'll do some research and come mm. back to you. We might even maybe film it. Might have a yeah. Might have a challenge. Some of the other things that um, I'd be looking at too. Is, well, I mean, beak test. We could do the beak test. Is probably another one for as far as cardio fitness goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do want to get back into doing a bit more running as well. Well, the if so, you don't have to worry about the uh, the time spent on the beat test. The assault bike would be would <laughs> would be able to uh, bring that down into minutes as opposed to yeah, for sure, for tens sure. of minutes. But again, if you're looking at again real world practical applications of uh, strength and fitness, the beat test is probably more practical. Than an assault mm, bike. I don't agree. I don't think you're ever going to use that. Well, when are you going to use this? <laughs> in the real world. Uh, we for just our, audio, for our audio listeners, and like, if you don't know what an assault bike is, it's a bike where you've got your your pedals going as well as your arms, like an elliptical machine. Well, if you're trying to, and I'm doing that movement without having an assault bike. If you're if you're trying to push bike your way out of a zombie apocalypse, that's what it would look like. Yeah, but you're not doing this with the handle. Yes, you're punching. No, you're punching zombies. <laughs> you're riding. No, he's punching no. zombies. I could see. I, I could see why that 
That's yeah, so that's definitely it's a more of a real zombie world. That's and then running away from the zombie and then seeing another zombie and then running back. That's definitely got more of a world, uh, world application than just running away from the zombies. Rule one in Zombieland was cardio. 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 Rule number one. So, look, beep test is probably a good metric. Um, like I said... Well, we won't decide. You decide. You, you put it down and we'll, we'll, we'll bring some... Well, you, you talk to your trainer too. Talk yeah, to yeah. Your trainer. <coughs> we might do it in there. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe, okay. a, maybe a Saturday that you come up because I think they finish their session at like 10. Right. I'll talk to them. Yeah, cool. Have a Um Now, but you need to talk to them. You need to let me know the metrics so I know what to train for as well at the same time. And we also need to consider the fact that I'll be training myself, whereas Alex will be getting professional <laughs> because he needs professional help. He'll be, he'll be fair about it. He'll make it so, like, he'll probably introduce things that, like, knowing what Matt's like, he'll probably introduce it in a way that is absolutely shocking to both of our systems. Well, possibly. Um... But the, th- the other thing too is that then this is an indictment on his business and his skills, because if he if if we've got the same genetics and you get beaten by someone without a trainer, then like he ain't shit. <laughs> or he doesn't. Or he doesn't. <laughs> and then uh, you we'll, we'll get some deal. You know, you'll get some podcast deal. Okay, so but be- before we actually do this, so let's let's get what the metrics are. Let's go through a twelve week training camp. I want to check you for tracks before we have to I'm not injecting anything. I'm not injecting anything. Get on the juice. Although, so if there's any horse trainers out there, <laughs> contact me direct. Yeah. Personal message me. Yeah. So no, we'll, we'll, we'll try and put something together. I think, mm. I think, sorry. And not, not for, this is not, uh, for me, it's not an ego thing. No. This is how does that information translate into the real world? Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing too, is it's like, met- metrics are great, and when you know the actual data, metrics are great because it actually gives you something to aim for. Yeah. Like we talk about all the time about whatever it is in life, having a plan. And the thing is, if you've got goals, they need to be SMART goals, which the M in SMART goals is measurable. So you need to actually measure your progress. One of the difficult things about fitness, for example, is if you do a test today and then you do a test in 12 weeks, a lot of the times it can be affected on a whole range of things as to how much you can lift, how much you can run, etc. Mm. It could be, did you get a decent sleep the night before? It could be, sure. what have you eaten beforehand? Like, um, you know, is your immune system currently compromised? Mm. Like, are you fighting something off and therefore don't have the energy for it? So that can be difficult. I really like the scans because it's, it's a black and white metric. Yeah. Um, and... With the way that my brain works, and you know this, I'm very target focused. So if I if I can see the numbers, I can understand the numbers. I know where to go. One of my problems that I had uh, when I really started getting back into lifting weights, which is late last year as well, is I lost that five kilos, and I thought, bang, sweet, that's heaps of body fat that I've lost. Happy days. And I've maintained about that level. And then I honestly thought that when I was maintaining at that level, it's because I was losing fat slowly and I was building muscle slowly, yeah. and therefore I was staying at the same level. Now, look, that might actually be the case. Like, if I would have had a scan back at the start of October before I started the fitness challenge, I might have even had a much higher percentage of body fat. Who knows? Yeah, um, you won't know until you get your second one. Exactly right. So, um, I'm really, really looking forward to, yeah, to to really being able to use this to stay focused for... And again, this is lifestyle change now. This is not just doing a 12-week challenge yeah. to try to get the best results I can after 12 weeks. Like, I'm not doing anything drastic. 
to, to change this. I'm just making smarter decisions every day. Yeah. So things on that I'm trying to do at the moment is I'm trying to train every single day. And it's only small amounts. Like um, yesterday, for example, I was, I was pretty tired. So I, I walked Nate to daycare in the morning. And I was, I was telling you I was a bit annoyed because my phone ran out of batteries about 2Ks from home. And I reckon the total walk I would have went on was about 10Ks, but it didn't show up. So obviously 10K walk, that burns a lot of calories. Uh, and then when I got home, I just did a really, really simple uh, lower body workout. Mm. And it was like, it was three exercises and I was just doing um, five, like I was doing a round of five reps for each exercise and I just did that five times. Like it was very small, it was very short, it was very efficient, but I did something. Yeah. Whereas um, I think I'd probably gotten too much in the habit over the last couple of years, especially after doing my my knee where the rehab was like, you know, you had to do work, but you had to do a lot of recovery too. Mm. I think I'd gotten too much used to the idea of, oh, I'm getting older now, so I can't train every day. I have to train every two days because I need that like right. recovery time in between. Whereas you can train every day, but you just have to do a it's different muscle different. group every day. Yeah. You know, so you let the, the muscle group you train the day before recover while you're training something else the, the next yeah. day. Or some form of movement. If, you, if your muscles feel completely done... <clears throat> just go for a long walk um, have a swim in the pool like something well, it, it might be something to see because I'm counter to that so I'm, right. I'm only training twice a week yep. it's intense yep. um, and we could see by maybe not the next scan but you mm. know two scans away from yeah. now, like what what that has led to mm-hmm. um, so anyway uh, I, I, what I would like to know I would like you to get get the strength met- metrics out of Matt because yep. he is a trainer yep Get those things. We can probably go see him after this. Cool. Because I think we need to set ourselves a fitness baseline based on those metrics now as well. We'll, we'll talk to him about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk to him he'll, about he'll, he'll know. Yeah. Um, I think that's enough of that. I, I want to talk about something now. Mm-hmm. We, we've spoken about it during the week. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want to bring it up now is because we're sort of 45 minutes in. Right. Most of the people have dropped off by now. And it's super, super, super sensitive. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use any of the words that are going to get us blocked on YouTube. Right. Okay, so we, we need to be um, cautious of how... We'll, we need to be smart about how we say it. Okay. Um, and we've not spoken about this before, but we have spoken no. this about this subject during the week. Mm-hmm. And that is how some women have shared some things online mm-hmm. in regards to not being assaulted. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically... Basically, uh, there were, I, I saw a couple of posts from, from people on socials, from women on socials, saying, how about men take responsibility for mm. assaulting women? Mm-hmm. And when you want to assault one, just don't. Yeah. Right? And that's what we should, we should be teaching our kids. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you and I have both had the exact same thought on it. Mm. I want to bring it up. I know it's It's sensitive. unpopular. It's a very yeah. It is extremely unpopular, mm. but I I want to discuss it uh, because I believe that that thought process is dangerous. I I, com- I agree. So the the where it gets down to for me, the number one thing that it gets down to is a a personal responsibility thing. Mm. So when when you're saying hey, when you're thinking about 
sexually assaulting someone, just don't do it. Yeah. That's saying, I want everyone else to, to change their behaviours or to do certain things to keep me protected. And, and this, this probably comes from, like, there's a lot of woke activism, activism on woke subjects, which I see is the same thing, which is instead of me taking responsibility for my own actions, it's telling everyone else what they need to do to keep me safe. Yeah. And it is, it is, you have, the, the, the fact is you have to do everything. Like, I've just had a son. I'll be educating my son to respect women. I was brought up to respect women, mm. right? Um, but at the same time, if I have a daughter, which my wife would love to have, mm-hmm. I will be teaching her things like how to protect herself. Um, and the thing is, I feel like there, there's... I remember seeing it... Um, it might have been when the Jill Maher case happened. And I remember seeing a, I think it was a police commissioner or someone came out and he was on the news and he was saying to, to women, like, you need to actually be careful. Cause I think she walked home alone late at night and unfortunately what happened happened to her and he got absolutely roasted. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and look, women quite rightfully so it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. I understand that it's not fair that you have to change the way you look, where you go, um, the way you behave. That's not fair. I get it. But it's reality. Yeah. And the problem with this narrative of uh, all bad things happen because men are miseducated when they're younger, it puts all of your safety in their hands. Yeah. Which you have no control over. You have no control. Yeah. The only thing that every single one of us has control over in this life is ourselves and our behaviours. So whilst education is important, perhaps if you are a female who is concerned about your safety, perhaps you need to educate yourself on things like self-defence, martial arts. Um, like Some people will be looking at me like that's ridiculous. Th- there are... There are so many martial arts that you can train yourself on that the average Joe Blow is not going to know about, yeah. which can at least give you some way of defending yourself if the worst case yeah. scenario is to happen. So I, I totally agree with that line of reason. What I also want to add, and what, what I think a lot of women don't understand about men, is we do that risk assessment all the time. Yeah. Okay, so an example... I'll never walk into a room that I don't know about without knowing or looking where the exits are. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. It's, it's ingrained into me. I'll walk into a place and you, you, your brain starts to fire off and go, if this place set on fire, where's, where's out? That's right. Um, who, who are the shady characters? Yeah. In, you're constantly you're, you're assessing. Up you size up people. every single person that's, right. that's in there. Mm-hmm. You, I try to identify if anything is a threat. And this is a constant thing that, are, that most men think about all the time. Now, I wonder if some of this does come down to biological difference. It, look, it probably does, but yeah. I don't want to go. I don't want to go in the weeds with that, right? Okay. I, I, what I want to say is that I've seen examples. I've experienced examples in in my own relationship where where my where Tasha's risk assessment has gone straight out the window. I think I've spoken about it in this podcast before. Mm. We're, in, we're in Athens. Yeah. 
And she was just on this, she wanted to go shopping, shopping, shopping. She hadn't realised, no, uh, no, we were walking down the street and I kept swapping sides with her. Yeah. And she's like, why are you swapping sides? And I literally turned around and I'm like, because this crackhead is following us. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's why. He's been following us for three blocks. Mm. And she didn't notice. Yeah. But I noticed, mm. right? Because we're constantly assessing. Then we want to go down another street. And I'm like, we're not going down there. Yeah. All she could see was the sale signs. Yeah. Um, and it was full of homeless people. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, my, my risk assessment said, well, no, we have to pass 10 people. It's not worth... That's right. A the 25 risk reward is not... It's not there. Yeah. It is something that men do all the time. Now, we have a uh, probably a higher threshold for what is dangerous for us. So mm. we might walk through a dark park. Uh, uh, we might walk through more dark parks than what a woman would. But there are times that I won't. Oh, 100%. There are certain... I remember... I've lived in really good neighbourhoods, but I knew that there was, like, you know, um, homeless people, shady character. And, and not the homeless have really caused any any problems, but it was how I felt. It was like, well, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm in the dark and I'm outnumbered. That's right. So I won't go that way. Yeah. Right? So... And look, in a, in a perfect world, it would be really nice to not have to think about those things. Yeah. But, but it's not a perfect world that we live in. It's definitely not. Now, that... The reason why I don't like that attitude towards it is like you said you putting the onus on everyone else mm -hmm. but to me it's like saying stop the animals from biting you mm. stop the bugs from stinging you yeah stop the sun from giving you a melanoma if you put yourself in those scenarios yeah. you need to be prepared for what could potentially happen yeah you can't ask those things to stop you can't yeah. ask those factors to stop and also i also want to say we aren't training our sons to assault people no they're outliers. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know any parent who is going out of their way to train their sons to do that to women. Yeah, I don't know anyone. And you're right. It, they are outliers. And and the thing is, if like sexual assault or harassment is a crime, it's the same as any other crime. Crimes are committed every single day. Yeah. They're not committed by the majority of the population. Yeah, they're committed by the minority of the yeah. population. And unfortunately. There is a there is a, min, a minor part of our population which are outliers who do not play by the rules of everyone else. Yeah, and that can be for any number of reasons. Number one of which I believe is mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So um, I gave you the example during the week of you might have an autistic man who sexually harasses or sexually assaults a woman because he doesn't actually understand that his sexual advances are not. Um, are not being taken the right way. Yeah. He doesn't know because he, again, that doesn't have that And ability. asking that person to not do that does not... Well, exactly right. Work. Exactly. Like, it's it's an impossibility. So... So look, I'm with you. So, I mean, we, I think we've... If there's one thing that you'd pull out of our entire series, it's about taking personal responsibility. Personal responsibility and personal development. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I want... <coughs> I want anyone that thought that that line of... That, that reasoning, I, w I want you to actually take a step back and really... Yeah, and I've, I've seen some of that stuff shared by people I know who even have just recently had daughters. And again, I would love to have the conversation, but I'm probably not close enough with them to actually have these. But And just ask the question of like, okay, I understand that you want your daughters to grow up in a safer world. I get that. But what are you actually going to teach your daughter? Are you going to teach your daughter that it's on everyone else to, to not assault you? Yeah. Or are you going to teach your daughter that maybe it's on you that if you are walking home from uh, walking home alone late at night, which maybe you shouldn't be doing depending on what area you're doing it in, uh, put your mobile away. 
Like the amount of people who walk around these days just staring at their mobiles, they have no idea what's happening yeah, around them. That's a big and one. it might not be a bloke, it might be a wild dog yeah. that, that's around there that's about to chew your leg off. Yeah. Like could be a car going under control. Could, could be a car, could be could be whatever. But essentially, like like what you were saying before, um, the more you put yourself into these situations, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. The more you put yourself in a in a potentially risky situation, the higher the likelihood goes that something will go wrong. It would be exactly the same as if every single day when you crossed the road, you didn't look both ways before you crossed the road. Yeah. Ask you were like, you hit. know what? I I trust that these cars won't hit me. Yeah. But then one day, you'll have someone who's not playing by the rules, who's looking at their phone while they're driving, so their eyes are down, you've walked out into the road, and they hit you with that car. Yeah. Like, it's it's ludicrous to me when people are constantly asking for other people to change their behaviours to make your life better. Yeah, because the bulk of us, the 99 percentile, is, is not the problem. That's right. It it's is the, the outliers. It's the outliers. And the outliers aren't reading your tweets. Mm-hmm. They aren't... They aren't are picking up social cues. No. They don't care. It's That's not... Right. They're, they're being irrational, yep. emotional. Like, it, none of... You're not... Well, what's worse is you're not even applying logic to your argument, okay? Mm. Because it's not a logical ar- argument. It's yep. a... Anyway, I don't want to go too deep into it. I just I just want to say I think it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I don't... It's not a smart... Uh, it's not a smart uh, reason... It, reasoning behind... Like, it's a strategy... That is destined to fail. Yeah, and, and and again, this is this is probably another hallmark of woke divism, which is it sounds great. Oh, yeah, it yeah. sounds like that's the way that it should be. Yeah. But it's not the way that it is. Yeah, ask the sun to stop giving you melanoma. Yeah, and the reality of the situation is that human like civilization, particularly in Western cultures, is far safer now than mm-hmm. it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like you you could never live in a safer time. Mm. And the thing is, in a country like Australia, Perspective is really important. You actually need to understand how good we've got it in this country and how safe people are yeah. in this country. Because if you go to certain other parts of the world, like, they're not having these conversations yeah, because great. people are just getting butchered. Like, was it... I think it was Nigeria recently where something like 200 girls have just been kidnapped. Yeah. Like, that ain't cool. But those those people who are stealing those girls, they ain't reading your tweets going, oh, maybe I just shouldn't rape. Maybe I shouldn't kidnap young girls. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. So would you go to those countries and just wander around in the streets waiting to be picked up and then go, no, 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 like I tweeted about this, you shouldn't do anything yeah. to me. No, you wouldn't because you that would be ludicrous. Yeah. You would you would remove yourself from that situation. Well, the reality is we live in a relatively safe society. But I say relatively safe. Yeah. It is not safe. That's why we still need police. Yeah. Right? It's the one so percenters. It's the one percenters. And you need to do things to protect yourself. And I think it starts with having the attitude that you need to take responsibility mm. and protect yourself. And again, it doesn't sound nice, but like you said, I think the reason why, you know, men, like men never get told, oh, don't do this, don't do that for your own safety. We never get told that. We should. There are certain things that men do every single day which put themselves at risk as well. And I would say that the majority of, assault, of assaults in the street are man-on-man violence. It's not man-on-woman. Yeah. It's, it's two drunk blokes getting into a, an, an argument. Like, I've been jumped in the street multiple times. So I stopped putting myself in those situations. Well, I've heard stories from a lot of my gay friends that mm-hmm. um, when, when sort of sexual encounters go wrong, yep. it's, they'll just punch on. 
Yeah. Whereas it's it's much rarer in a. And you don't hear about that. Yeah, it's much you know? rarer in a in a male female. It, it definitely happens, mm. but it's not it's not the not the norm. But in I, I think a a man has no qualms in hitting another man. For sure, and I think that's one of the really interesting things that you realise when you get older and you mature a little bit because. Um, Female police officers was always, was always a big thing for me, where I go, look, females physically aren't as big, aren't as strong, aren't as physically capable if, a, if an altercation mm. was to happen. But the reality of the situation is, is the majority of violent male criminals, if they're, like, say, say there's a fight that breaks out and, someone, and a guy is assaulting another guy, if a female police officer intervenes in that, they can actually de-escalate yeah. the situation far better than a male can. Yeah. Because a male to male, the, the criminal's going to challenge that male police yeah. officer. Whereas they're generally not going to challenge that female police officer. Yeah. So there are massive benefits there too. Um, but that's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, it is all about personal responsibility. Yeah. It is all about preparation. Like, it is all about... I know guys that won't wear neckties because they don't want to get choked. I always look at ties like that. Yeah. If something was to break out, it's one of the first things I'm grabbing. Because yeah. if you just grab that tie knot and twist it, you're, you're choking someone. And also, you can control that person yeah. because you're holding on to a very delicate part of the body. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and, that's, and that, is, that is something that I think as men we are, you know, you go back to hunter-gatherer origins. I think we're constantly looking for threats and we're constantly looking for risk or, or but also opportunities as well mm-hmm. which is why you get some opportunistic males who will do the wrong thing yeah right because we're constantly looking for it again every single person you need to try to take care of yourself me me having a, a child has even made me more aware of these things because i remember back when i was working at um, the adventure park as a safety supervisor the first rule of safety was you can't uh, save someone else unless you're being safe. So what that was um, was about was, like I was working at a high ropes course where you might have um, a kid get stuck in a section and be hanging there and, and um, are crying and are distressed and that sort of thing. And one of the... Uh, res- the first response is to try to get to them as quickly as you can. Yeah. Now, there's a fast way to get there and there's the right way to get there. And the right way to get there was to keep your carabiners hooked up the entire time, which takes a little bit longer, Yeah. but it keeps you safe. Same as when the um, oxygen comes out of the airplanes. Yeah. They say, do you, you, have, you first. That's right. You have to put the oxygen mask off on first before you can help someone else. So I understand. I've got a child now who relies on me. And look, this is also an unpopular subject. Uh, children get abducted in this country every day. Mm. doesn't get spoken about on the news. People don't even think it's a thing. It's a thing. It mm. happens in this country every single day because there are bad people out there doing bad things, men and women alike. Mm. Look at the Epstein thing. Ghislaine Maxwell was a woman who was grooming chicks to go to the, the sex island. Mm. She's a female. She is just as predatory as any predatory male that's out mm. there, right? There are just bad people that do bad things. So I understand having a child, I was like, okay, I need to get faster, stronger, more capable, more education on how to defend myself because in the unlikely event that someone tries to kidnap Nate when we're at the park, I want to be able to do something about it. Mm. I, and again, that may never happen. I would love to get to the end of my life and never have that scenario come up. But 
I would have also liked to get to the end of my life and never have the scenario where I get physically assaulted in the street or in the McDonald's drive through which if some of my mates who are watching here, they know about the time that I designated drove out to Surface Paradise and we had some guys get out of the car um, in front of us in the Macca's drive through and start punching my mate through the window. And I had to get out of the car and quell that situation. I would have loved for that, these things not to happen, but they happened. So do you know, in a, at a red light, I pull my car up only so far as to where I can see the back tyres of the car in front. Yep, so then you can actually manoeuvre out if you need to. Yeah, and I've had the same same scenario. For no reason, mm -hmm. someone came out of the car and just started belting my window. Yep. And it was only because I was parked, at, like, I wasn't so far behind him. And most people just park, like, almost bumper to bumper. Yeah, bumper to bumper straight up. You've got, you got nowhere to go. That's right. So, so Which even is a stupid idea just in case the car in front of you breaks down. Because then you can't even just get out. Yeah. You know, especially but, but that's that well. risk assessment. That's right. And it's about preparing for, for any potential risk. And we're not, like, I'm not saying it because it's a dangerous world. It's not. It's actually very safe. It's mm -hmm. as safe as it's ever been, like you said. But it's it's a 1% chance. Yeah. So cover, cover the 1%. That's, that's right. what I'm saying. Every time you leave the house, there is an opportunity that something can go wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying... Do you leave your house leave open? The house. Do you leave your house open, like, unlocked when you, when you leave? Yeah. Everyone locks the house. There's an example of when... Or when you have you have taken personal responsibility for the, the contents of your house. That's right. But we don't see internet campaigns going, people just shouldn't rob. Because everyone yeah. knows that. Like we, It's obvious. Growing up in a society, it's obvious. We, we, we sign a societal contract which states, I will not rob yeah. my neighbour's house. Yeah. You know? But some people do it. Yeah. Because they're the outliers. And again, it, it could be for any number of reasons. It could be because... Like, you could have an extremely normal person who's never committed a crime in their life who decides to try out a new drug one day, tries ice, for example, and then goes completely out of their minds. Like, um, look, one of, one of the things that um, gets spoken about a lot is what happens when people are under the, under the influence. And a lot of alcohol comes up a lot of the time. So a lot of the time, I guess, um, you will have a predatory behaviour that happens to a female when she's under the influence of alcohol because obviously that alcohol has maybe taken away her inhibitions or, you know... Or body function. Body function as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a big thing. But this exact same thing happens with men too. Obviously, if men drink too much alcohol, then certain tendencies can come out, depending on the bloke. Some of them can be violent. Sometimes you might not pick up on the fact that, um, that the woman is more drunk than you are, maybe. Or if someone takes a drug and is just a completely different person. Like, you, you see it all... I've removed myself from clubs mm. because I had seen someone someone in there that I deemed to be a threat. Yep. Not necessarily to me, but to someone, mm. and I'll remove myself from that yeah, situation. Yeah, because you just get, this, this is not going to end well. Risk-reward. Yeah. Do I really need to hear this banger of a song? Yeah. Or do I need to remove myself from potential risk? That's and right. I've done that. Yeah. And, like... I don't, uh, like, this is probably going to come across the wrong way, but it is a really privileged thing to say, to, to say, like, everyone else needs to change for me. Like, it's... It's the wrong line of questioning. It is the it's wrong a redundant like, line the of questioning. The only thing that you can actually control is yourself. So if you are the person who is going, all of you people need to do all these things so I can be safe, it's actually pretty selfish. The best thing that you can do is to protect yourself, number one, 
educate yourself on on the, the the best ways that you can protect yourself and behave, and then do that with your the people that you love. You know, teach those people um, how to how to behave and how to protect themselves mm. and do whatever it is that you can to protect your family. And again, we're not, we're not We've talk- also been there where your friend at the club has gone way too far. Yeah. You get them out there. You get them out of there. You yeah. get them home. Yeah. You get them home safely. You make sure you're there with them safely. And and how That's- often, how, I mean, every single person knows someone who has gotten drunk and done something stupid. Yeah. Right? We all know that person. We've all been that person yeah. as well. Like, that that that's everyone else too. So if you're putting yourself in a situation where you're around a bunch of drunk people, the the chance of something going wrong goes up. Mm. Not saying not to do it. Am saying when you're out there, understand the risk. Understand the risk. Be aware of your surroundings. Mm. Move away from people that you think are going to be potential risks. Mm. Like, you know, like uh, one of the things I hear women talk about all the time is. Um, Oh, like, you know, when I'm walking down the street at night and I see a man coming towards me, I have to cross the street. Guess what? I do that too. Yeah, I do. Because why would I invite an altercation? Yeah. Like, I think I'm fairly capable, but I'm smart enough to know it's high risk either way. Yeah. Whether I can win an altercation or not is irrelevant. I'm going to come out of that potentially scarred. Yeah. I might, like... Risk-reward. Risk-reward. Is it easy... The, the, The risk of you having an altercation compared to not having an altercation, yep. the reward is far better, mm-hmm. far better from removing yourself from that, that yep. scenario. So, um, And blokes, capable blokes out there, the number one thing that you can do when an altercation breaks out, run. Mm. Remove yourself yep. from that. Because whether you think you are the, the best fighter on the planet or not, it's a luck game yeah. in the street. Because I don't care. All that it takes is if you if you get hit, it's not the punch that kills you. It's when you fall and you hit your head on the pavement that kills you. Yep. It is it is too risky. You Just could have, run. Yeah, you, you could have the best hands in the world. You yep. trip over the wrong way. Yep. Or you could be hit by someone else who's behind you that you don't see coming. Yeah. You yeah. know, like so at the end of the day, what what we really want to say is we want to change the the dialogue around this subject. I am all for protecting women. I love women. I understand that there are violent men out there who do the wrong thing. Mm. I also understand that those people are not going to cease to exist, at least in our lifetimes. Yep. They're not going to. So in the perfect world, that would happen. We're not in the perfect world. So what can we do to protect ourselves? Take the personal responsibility. Like, do educate yourself on the things that can protect you like if you um i i like watching uh, a lot of podcasts with like jocko willink for example now jocko willink is one of the most masculine he's an ex-navy seal like toughest guys on the planet but he talks about self-defense all the time and his number one rule in altercation run yeah that's your best line of defense just run away yeah because even though he is he's spent like 25, 30 years in the military, in combat zones overseas. He's a Brazilian. He's in the one percent. He's, he's in. The, he's in the top one percent of the world. He would still rather run because he knows that's the smarter play. Yeah. And be smart. Just be smart yeah. and do what you need to do to actually protect. And yourself. that was not meant to offend anyone. No, that was genuine. Like, and, and that's not to degrade or diminish. We're having this conversation because we care enough to have the conversation. Yeah. Because the easiest thing to do to get clout is to virtue signal that, yeah, all men are, all men are uh, violent and dirty and they need to change. 
well, I don't believe that those violent men are going to change. So yeah, the only thing they're not people, watching your podcast. No, that's right. The only people who can change is us. So yeah. we care about you. We want you to be Mitigate happy, risk. healthy, safe. Mm-hmm. So do what you need to do. Um, find someone um, like a Jocko willing to to listen to or. Anyone, Tim Kennedy. Tim, Tim Kennedy um, runs a, a program in America called Sheepdog Response, and it is about training regular people to protect themselves and their flocks if something was to happen. Right. It's just about being prepared. Yeah. Because these things may never happen, but they might. They might. And if they do happen, you want to be prepared. Cool. Beautiful. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next audio.